Thank you for joining us for another episode of Checking In. We're really excited to have Andre Blondley in studio here with us from Andre's Electronics. Thank you very much for joining us, Andre. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to uh, go back in time because I'm really curious. You have an amazing success story and I just want to hear uh, the starting of it, how it came to be. Your grandfather owned a vineyard and my father together and your father together yeah they started okay. a vineyard together and me my okay. grandfather was a horticulturist from from france when they left right directly after world war ii in fact we were looking up the documents and it's like 1944 they, they were actually one of the first boats out of europe and so they came to Kelowna directly so but uh, oh. it was was until the 60s that that basically my grandfather basically they found and they they leased a piece of land from on wfn from one of the derricksons Okay. And we started a vineyard, and basically that was way before grapes were cool. Um, I mean, we were getting four hundred dollars a ton for Foch, and uh, and my but my grandfather's other full time job was working for Dick Stewart, which is obviously Quailsgate Winery. He was their foreman, and huh. basically we imported grapes from France that my grandfather lined up. And it's interesting because in those days you couldn't just get them here; they had to go through the Suez Canal, and half of them got burnt. And I remember distinctly we, we had to unravel them; there half of them were burnt, and. Uh, so basically, they, they, he planted the, the grapes that are now known as the Old Vine Foch uh, for Quail's Gate. And then we yeah. had the other half of the grapes that we planted on the 15 acres. We had basically where, Quails, or where uh, Two Eagles Golf Course is now. Okay. Uh, and we had that for 15 years of our, of our kind of, kind of all, the way, all the way through kind of being younger and then right through right up to high school. And that was kind of our, that was our weekend job and our evening job. And, you know, today's world, I remember, you know, we had a three-ton big Chevy truck with flat ton. The three boys, we'd be sitting in the back of the of this truck with a flatbed driving from <laughs> South Kelowna to West Bank to, uh, to work every every night and every weekend. And uh, today you wouldn't get away with that, but uh, yeah. that was kind of our, our thing. And that was, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we basically did all the work. I mean, whether it was ditching or putting in posts or driving the tractor or in the, in the case of grapes, it's weeding. So we didn't have the, the, the nice technology of, of grape hose and stuff like that. It was end of a hole. Hard and, work. And basically, my two brothers, myself, and my parents did it. So you worked with the family in the vineyard. Your dad had the electronic, yeah, the, the he, TV repair. Yeah, he had. A, he worked for another company. Him and another guy started another company. Actually, ironically, in today's world, it's called Acme Radio and TV. Back in the day, <laughs> uh, the old run, Road Runner days. Um, and basically, uh, he worked for them. And then in 1976. He started his own TV repair shop, and that's kind of what Andre's TV sales and service came from. And then in 1980, after I'd been in Calgary for for three years, I came back and we started the retail side of the store in Springfield Center, and uh, we opened the kind of the first kind of retail thing. I did the retail, Dad did the repair of the TVs, and we kind of went from there. That's kind of where it started. But were you ahead of the time, like to oh, so again, Dad has TV repair. You come in with the idea, or together you guys came up with the idea to have a retail TV sales. Well, store. TV, car audio, home audio. So yeah, I mean, it I, I mean, I grew up that. in retail basically. I from 16 years old. My other part-time job was was working for Kinney Shoes back in the day, and I would one of the guys I that was played ball with my dad's team hired me, and we did. I was a stock boy, and I'd go in Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday work all day, and selling. That's where I kind of started selling retail when I was in the stock room. I was selling on the floor and uh, so basically it kind of went from there and then I changed companies when I graduated and I moved to Calgary. It was as a manager for a company called Gallon Camp Duet 
Shoes, which was a national company out of uh, Shoe Corporation of America. And I worked for them for three years and became district manager and then basically had a choice to either move back to Kelowna or, you know, kind of actually I got offered the ladies buying job in Toronto. So I had to make a decision and Kelowna won out and a lot of it came down to my family and, and of course we're passionate ball players and we played junior ball and, and with the Nationals in Calgary and we wanted to create a team here for Senior A. So that was kind of the main reason for coming back and that's why we kind of started the store. So the, the very first store is the one that's on Springfield right now, is that Well, it actually was in Springfield Center, actually back in the day. So right over here, kind of where the woman's place was. Okay. Right next to the actually yep. women's place was our, was our neighbor. Yeah. Um, so they've now moved, but that was over yep. kind of on Springfield Road. And basically we were there till 1986 when kind of, I kind of created it. We, we built our first building and that's the one on Springfield where we are now. So that started the construction side of things. That's what I'm interested in because there's a, there's a statement you said uh, that I found so interesting and I can't remember where I found it online, but it was build a house, build a store or build a business. Is yeah, I kind of had a, I kind of had a personal goal for myself yeah. that I would do one of that? the three things every year. So it was either build a store, build a house, because I would build a house, keep it for a couple of years and then sell it and or build a building. And, and kind of that was kind of my thing starting. And it was kind of like a personal goal of mine to create one of those things every year if I could. But that's a big goal. It Andre. was. That's a big goal, and, and I would even argue. Well, I didn't not think I'd achieve it. I didn't. I mean, but it was. We did. I think I built, uh, you know, with my ex wife now, we, I think we built five houses over what, 15 years or 20 years, whatever, 20 years, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, we built the houses, and then, like yeah. I say, we, on Spring, you know, I kind of came up with a, a business plan to build uh, Springfield Road, which is the one we are now. Obviously, yeah. we've, we've made it bigger and added to it, but uh, that was the first one, and I think that I built. Uh, First store was in Penticton, the second store, and then I built the building in Penticton, and then we went to Vernon, and then it just kind of went from there. And so it was one of those things where it had to be a real estate play with the electronics play for us, and that was my long-range plan. Which then fast forward to, again, something that talked about a downturn in the economy, um, uh, competition coming in that was the future shop in the AMB Sound, and you had the ability to leverage the building. Those were very challenging years that's, because, but that's business. Yeah. We get business gets faced with obstacles, and we have to we have to decide if we're going to fold or if we're going to dig in and, and go. Well, it's interesting. So, the accountant that I had hired in six months earlier was from the U.S. and when she looked at me, she goes, "You should just shut this business down." And I said, "Well, no. I I know we can make this work." And basically, we did leverage the. At that time, we had Springfield Road building and a, and one of the buildings in Penticton. So we leveraged against that and was able to kind of get through the the really hard times. We had to adapt to you know Best Buy, no, Future Shop coming in and AMB Sound coming in. But we did. We got into CDs and tapes, and we did all the different things. And you know, then we finally. I mean, there's no question. Telus was the turning point for us. I mean, you know, we were the first at that time BC cellular dealer in in the interior of BC. Okay. And that was kind of. Friends of mine in Vancouver had done very well with that, and then BC Cellular became BC Tel, and then became Telus. Uh, so we were the first kind of Telus dealer in the interior of British Columbia, uh, with one store, and then we started with two, and then we. So our model all the way along has been based on, we go where it can work for both electronics and and Telus. Interesting. Because that that became a big part of our business. Still so is. how many stores do you have now today? Thirty four. Thirty four. So seventeen full line electronics stores. Yeah. One exclusive car audio store, and then the rest are Telus uh, stores. You wouldn't even know there are. If you walked into 
Village Green Mall, you see a store in there, it says Telus, that's ours. Okay. And we owned two in Orchard Park for a number of years and then Telus bought those back from us. So we kind of had, you know, part of my strategy was when Telus decided to buy the A malls was, is that we then decided to work with Telus and we want to become your regional dealer. So we went to places like 100 Mile House and mm -hmm. Prince George. And so basically we kind of did the expansion based on where we could get Telus and where we could make the things work. So then, you know, we bought property and, you know, do a deal, build a land, you know, it was, it was just one at a time. It was really one of those things where it just seems like, you know, now you look back at it after whatever is 30 some, 40 years, whatever it is, long time. And, and I go like, it's amazing. Like we go back at certain buildings, we go, wow, did we build that building 10 years ago already or 12 years ago? Or, Isn't um, that fascinating? And it, we just kept on building. And, and, and like I say that my brother Maurice and my brother Rene, uh, obviously been involved in the buildings over the years. Rene, not as much. He was the fire chief, so he got really busy. But yeah. Maurice and I have been building buildings together uh, from day one. Um, so Maurice is still in the company. Maurice, Maurice works for the building side of the company. He's involved in all our buildings. Okay. He's an electrician by trade and he worked for, for Oscar Kruger. Then he went to work for uh, the college. And But on the side, he always worked a lot of hours to do a building or do all the stuff that we do. So I'd be the general contractor. He would be kind of the site's foreman. And he'd be there doing it. And, and basically he can put together anything when it comes to building. So I, we all run, both him and I run excavator and we bobcat and we do our own digging like we actually still today like we just did a an addition to our quenelle mall and we literally dig our own we put our own pipes in we put our own underground in we put our own storm drainage system in uh you know and the boys that's part of their thing they have to help so your boys my boys Ch chad kyle and travis travis is yeah, travis is the youngest one he's in vancouver so okay. he had but all summers even he started i think tying rebar at 11 or 12 years old was part of what they did of course we learned to work hard they had to work hard. Absolutely. So there's no free ride for us. That. I love that. Okay, so we've got uh, three brothers, you and your your two brothers, and now we've got the boys. Yeah. So we've we almost have a three third generation yeah. type. Uh, how involved are you in the in the company still today? Oh God. All in. All in. All in. I, I, my my boys, I, I laugh. They're probably never gonna retire. So just just deal with that situation because <laughs> I, I love what I do. The problem is, why would I retire? I get to work with the two boys, and you know, third one actually is involved in real estate. So him and I do a lot of stuff. Even now, like he's involving in a deal that we're working on for a building in Nanaimo, doing the real estate side of things. So um, why would I quit? So I'm curious about that. That landed a question for me that wasn't one that I planned on saying. So. People ask me, oh my gosh, Nikki, why do you work all the time? Why do you work such long hours? I, it's not work for me. I love what I do. I could do it. I do it seven days a week. I do too. I love it. So there's a, there's a movement or a conversation around work-life balance. I have work-life balance, but my work is part of my life balance. Yeah, but I'm fortunate to work with boys. Yeah. I get to sell my love. Yeah. I build things. I'm a deal junkie. Whether it's buying a hundred TVs or putting a land oh, deal together yeah. or negotiating a lease with, you know, Mark's Workwear World or or Starbucks or whoever. Like I do all my own leasing. So literally uh, I'll sit down and negotiate with Starbucks or Subway in the last couple months we've done those, Dollarama. Um, so I mean I'm a deal junkie. I love to, to whether it's just a deal of you know, buying a hot deal on some TVs or or buying a piece of land. Uh, it's kind of what I love to do. So and it's fun because the boys are involved, so it's now about a mentoring Learning. process too, right? Yeah. yeah, teaching. 
Okay, so uh, what year is it then, and I don't know the answer to this, what year is it that you got into politics? I think it's 91. Okay, so you have about how many stores by 91? I think it was, it's harder to keep track, sorry. No. Um, I think it was 10 or so, 10, maybe 12. What inspired you to get into uh, a couple things actually. One, uh, I was uh, I was on the where we had the riot uh, back in the day for people in Dakota. That we had the Regatta riot, and yeah. I was on a task force that Jim Stewart invited me to be on um, to do with with how to control Kelowna and, and on a riot. How do we deal with these type of things? So I got involved in that, and I got really upset when we went through this whole task force and basically gave them all these recommendations, and then council decided we're just going to shut it down. And I was like, okay, that now you got me upset. Uh, there was that, and then there was Springfield Road. They were going, there were some engineer in the city was going to put a median down Springfield Road all the way down and allow no access for businesses to cross at all, okay, like all the way. Okay, the whole okay, Springfield okay. Road was going to have a median. Yeah, so I got involved no, in that situation. Yeah. So those yeah. were two kind of things, and then I also got really um, passionate. So I mean, obviously being in business, I wanted to see the city not just in business, but in the personal point of view. I grew up in the city. I want to see this city better than when it was when I grew up. So when I saw people, and it, ironically, and I, I bug people, and it's people that moved back in the day when moved from Toronto or Vancouver and said, shut the city down. I want to live in this little small town and we don't want to see a new university, a new airport expansion. We don't want to see growth. And that that in, when I ran for council, that was a real push. Of, that was right after they did the first phase of Glenmore Valley and everybody's going like, we got to shut the city down and slow things down. And I got really kind of fired up, but I'm French Italian, I get a little fired up. Um, and uh, and I, I'm going like, you know, that's that's wrong. We, we need to make the city better. And yeah. that was really the reason why I got into it was was that. So that, oh my gosh, we need another episode on, on the city and the future of the city and where we've come from. Um, sports, sports is a really big part of your life and your kids. Yes. It's kind of our passion. It's our, I won't say religion, but it, it's, it's, it's what's bonded our family together. And that's something that's always been important. My dad coached, played. I remember your mom at that sports field. You'd have a hard time not, you'd, you'd have to hear her because she was the only person that didn't need a microphone. Um, five foot even and was very, very passionate about her sports. Andre, yeah. and, and she had such a, um, she was a gift. She community. was definitely interesting at times. I mean, she she was like me. She probably didn't have as much of a filter that we probably, I probably learned that from hers. Probably needed a little more filter, but uh, she was passionate. She cared for her kids. Obviously cared about the sport of fastball yeah. and also hockey because that's, those are the two yeah. sports that my boys played in. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was important. When you guys are looking at, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that anybody that works with and for you guys in any of your stores, it becomes an extension of a family or it has the ability to be. We really do spend a lot of time, money, effort on building a family atmosphere. We've got employees that are 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, an amazing amount there between probably 10 and 15 years in retail. It's unheard of, like 50 people. Like it's, but we've really done a, one of the things that, again, coming from the sports background is building a team is, yeah. is we do a lot of events built team building. I mean, those for us were important. I mean, not, you know, you can be employers, but you, you get involved in their lives. You learn to meet the people, you know, their families. So, I mean, uh, we do, you know, we do a, an event where we have our, 
our president's club where we take everybody to a certain location we we do dinners we do training we actually have partnered the last 15 years with our um, suppliers mm. where they actually pay to be part of our thing so we do a 40 event where we have our our suppliers there training our people these are our presidents mm -hmm. club, which are our top people. Yeah. And then they leave, and then we have all of our managers come in, and they get trained by the suppliers. So it builds a real bond between our salespeople and the managers, but also with the suppliers, where where they when they make a call, they say I'm calling the Prince George, so they know who Ed is. So I mean, we really did a we spent a lot of money on that. We do a huge Christmas party here in Kelowna, and actually, uh, funny enough, in February because in retail you don't get to do Christmas parties in no, December you don't. for us. So we do that, and then we do we do several. Of course, COVID has put a whole cramp in our whole life that way. But we typically do three or four summits where we bring in, for example, all the people involved in cell phones and, and that type of stuff. We bring all the suppliers in. We bring our our salespeople in. Do training for three days. But again, we take them out on the boat, you know, on a, on a cruise of the lake and do barbecues and stuff like that. I'm noticing that there's this. And I think everything's cyclical in life and in business. So I'm noticing um, maybe a different type of customer service that's available in retail right now. And it's more of stop, you haven't been asked to come to the cash register yet, stand there. Like It's a different experience. I'll be honest with you. I, I've seen that and I, and I don't like it. To be honest I don't with you. like I it. I went to walk into a shoe store in, in Orchard Park Mall they the other day and in. they wouldn't, like they, literally the girl was very aggressive. Stop, you can't come in. Yeah. Um, we never took that task. I mean, I actually worked, I probably worked harder in the last five months than I have in the last couple of years because literally we've been on the floor. I've been on the floor a ton personally. Um, you know, going through the whole thing. We've stayed open. We, we Tell us, made us close our mall stores. It was mandatory okay. because anything in, in the malls yep. we had yep. to close down. So half of my stores were closed, uh, probably March sixteenth or whatever it was when yep. Tell decided, okay, shut it down. But our electronic stores, we stayed open all through this. I mean, we were essential service in most cases because of Telus and mm -hmm. Puzzle communication stuff, mm -hmm. and really spent an awful lot of time managing our people. I mean, uh, when it first happened, obviously everybody kind of certainly panicked a bit. We, we, all, we all did. We, we did. all we did. All did right? Yeah. So, I mean, I remember one day where we didn't have any staff want to show up on Sunday, so Adele and I went and worked on Sunday by ourselves, and I still sell yeah, the odd TV. Did. It was surprising. Um, but it was but it was actually kind of interesting because we actually create a whole protocol as you come in. First of all, we warmly greet the customer when they come in. We asked them if they've been out of the country for two weeks. At that time, we didn't know. Yeah. Um, we're doing a touchless sales environment. In other words, yeah. you know, please come in. Sure. Uh, just don't touch anything. If you want to look into a fridge, we'll open it for you. Obviously, the two meter or six foot, yep. you know, distancing. Uh, we put shields up for our Telus people because they have more of interaction. We wash down the phones with, you know, sanitizer. We actually bought these devices that you kind of put over the phone. It was a laser thing that killed viruses, mm. uh, infrared light yep. that did it. Yep. So we did all the precautions that were in place. Um, and we also changed our market plan. We we went to and we said, listen, you don't have to come to the store. If you want to come to the store, we'd love you to come to the store. We welcome them. Yeah. And we're going to do social distancing. We're going to do it safe. We always well say we're safer than going into a grocery store. Our stores are eight thousand square feet. There's lots of room to stand. There's no need to get near anything or anybody. And again, we stress, you know, do your hands first. Yep. Don't touch anything, and we'll deal with you safely. And it was interesting because and then our marketing side, we completely revamped it because. I knew that online was going to take a bump here, mm -hmm. which I think is great. I think it's also not great. Mm -hmm. um, we are a bricks and mortar company. We, of course, have a good online presence as well. But, yeah. you know, one of our specialties is we talk about the Andre's experts. Yeah. You know, you, when you come in, we're yeah. not just buy selling a TV. No. We're talking about your room. We're talking about install. We're talking about all those things. 
So we did a, a, a whole campaign around where we said, if you want to come in, go on our website, call us. We'll give you a better price that's on our website over the phone. We will deliver within 45 minutes anywhere free. Mm-hmm. And either we will you know, put it on your doorstep, put it in your garage, or put it inside yeah. your house. Whatever you feel comfortable with, yeah. we were willing to do. Yeah. It was a tremendous success. Yeah. I mean, so we did free delivery everywhere, pretty much in BC that we were at, um, because we adapted. You know, we, we, we decided that we had to go online. Yes, is something we have to do. But we also said, call our customer, because a lot of times you need our people's help to do a really good job of what fits into your home. Mm-hmm. So we had our, our people answer the phones. We would say, yeah, we'll do this. If our price was $21.99 on the website, we said, okay, it's $19.99 for a year, and we'll deliver it for you. See, and that's my... That's my concern as I look at the number of business licenses at the city of Kelowna, I look at the community, I look at um, the experience that you're having in some of these businesses, I'm genuinely worried when I'm running the numbers in my head and I'm trying to think, okay, we're half capacity, we're half, but but our hard costs haven't uh, gone in half and I'm worried about the longevity of some of these businesses and then the, the customer feeling not treated um, maybe as warmly as they could be, and they're not going to go back. We so did. I think uh, it's... We, had, we, did, we did a lot of work on this. In fact, I've never had so many Zoom calls um, oh. where I mean, all of a sudden Zoom came in, but literally we were having conversations at least once or twice or three times a week with our staff because how they were feeling and how they were reacting to things was really important to us because then result, yeah. that's how they deal with the customer. Yeah. So we did a lot of conversation on how we deal with the customer. But first thing I said, let's greet the customer. Let's be nice to them. Don't say stop. Just, Please. I mean, that, that drives me crazy. And I think we've seen a really bad example in retail right now of what's going on. And it just drives more people to go, you know what, I'll just go online and not have to deal with the public. And I think that's awful. That's bad for our city. That's bad so for bad. our province. And it's bad for our country. Yes. And you want to get me going on it. We need another conversation on, on the taxation of online shopping. Um, because we're, we, we need to deal with that as a, as a company country that needs to be done but anyway the the issue of of the COVID thing for me was a big deal because we wanted to make sure that customer was able to choose how they want to shop at Andre's Mm -hmm. and honest to God it was amazingly successful I mean the bad side of it for me we had to lay off 90 people out of the get-go because tell us that we got to close these stores Mm -hmm. that was tough never laid off person ever yeah but also um, we also dealt with things like uh, stress on people yeah but we, we worked through it it was interesting because we came out of it really strong our people were really good about it and you know we've got I, I, people talk about millennials there are some millennials that are obviously using the system right now and it's, it's a little bit frustrating i would say 99 percent of ours were fantastic mm-hmm. they were awesome but for us it was really one of those things that we used obviously zoom and conference calls to always stay in communication and i think we managed it well we actually so we obviously when we have mall stores close give me an example that's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a month in rents that we still have to pay in most cases, they didn't. They they didn't. They just deferred the rent. They didn't give us a deal. The, oh, they yeah. just basically deferred it. So we, yep. we still have those rents that come up in the future. But interesting enough, the stores we kept open were unbelievably busy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were up. So after we were down, obviously thirty five percent in March, people just freaked out and stayed home. Right, April we were down about thirty two percent. But interesting, May long weekend tells allowed us to reopen our stores. We had to do a whole bunch of work in the stores, and like our kiosks now have a complete <laughs> glass enclosure in. It's like being in a hockey penalty box. Um, but we did all those things for safety. But May we ended up ten percent up. If yeah. you can believe it, we we're up over twenty five percent up in June. 
27% up in, in July. And right now we're sitting about 32% up. So we're seeing people are liking it, yeah. accepting it. Yeah. Obviously online was up, but, but that's not where the bulk of our business no. went. No. And I mean, my fear on the online business is that we, we've got a lot of people that have jobs and, and bricks and mortar here that we need to support. And, and one of the things I, I think we did a really good job is, is shop local. And I think yeah. everybody did a good job of that. Yeah. I think you still yeah. hear <clears throat> save on doing it. You hear other people doing it. And I think it really hit home, I think, in this period, especially in small towns. And I think we're going to see a shift and a change happening. And, and, and I think the change is about really wanting to support. I'm going to buy a television. I have a choice. I can go to Amazon. I could go to Best Buy. I could go to... Uh, I can I have a choice of where I get to buy that television and I think today it matters more than it ever has but it, that we that we shop like I agree we do but as retailers we have to show that we're worth it so I, I think we spend a lot of time with our staff like make sure they know that you're you, you're, you're asking the questions you're you're caring what they're doing you're concerned about what they're doing because it is easy to go on there but try to return something doesn't work or doesn't fit. No. It's no. a nightmare, no. but I, I, you know, we have to show, and that's why we talk about our. We spend thousands of dollars on on training. So when you walk in and you you want a, a certain TV or a certain cell phone, you don't know the things when you're going online. You go, I think I want that. I don't know if it's going to fit. Where we need to bring value, and that we have mm -hmm. spent years, years of of, of the, these summits where we train our staff over and over and over again, because you got to bring value. So you got to earn it. So when I walk into a shoe store, the girl goes, "Stop." That person, it was a court, it was a national shoe store chain, but yep. they're not well coached. Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, they're not well coached. There's ways of presenting to the customer that hey, we want to be safe and we want to look after your safety and our staff safety. So please do these things. But let's welcome them with a hi and how are you doing and yeah. how can we give this make this a, a, a reasonable a buying experience. I think there's a real opportunity for that type of customer service training to come back in because we have to get back there. You have to earn the client every time. Well, I think in the case of, of in my opinion, the independent, certainly on the TELUS side of things, I can only speak on because you've got corporate TELUS, you've got, you know, they, they went national. So, of course, when they say shut down, I mean, they literally had a guard posted outside the store. They would let, you know... We had a, we, I think as, as independents, we can manage it better. We live in that community. We understand the community. Um, they get it. So it's, it's really important for us to make sure that, that that customer gets that experience. And I think by being an independent retailer, we can move on our feet faster. Mm -hmm. We can adapt to mm -hmm. each community. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what I think we've been able to show so far is that we've adapted very well to it. I mean, I'm sure, by the way, TV sales are up nationally. So it's not like us only. Sure. Um, obviously, people are staying home. Yeah. They're not shopping as much. They're not going they're not on vacations, holidays. right? Yeah. Um, so they're staying home. They're redoing their houses. They're redoing their backyards. They're buying boats. They're buying RVs, and you know. So for those local businesses, there, there. Yes, there's some really sad stories. I've got some tenants that we don't. One, one of our tenants is a travel agent. Oh, Tough okay. business to be in right now. I mean, yeah. hopefully events. they can fit through. Yeah. Events is obviously yeah. not great. Yeah. But there's some businesses, glass shops. Trust me, I couldn't get glass put on anything as far as, uh, you know, getting Plexi or... So, I mean, there's certain businesses that have done very, very well. Absolutely. Uh, but again, I yeah. think it's how each business adapts to, to what they're dealing with and making sure they can do it safely and, and manage the people very well and let, let them feel like we're protecting them. So you were recognized in 2013 by the Kelowna Chamber of Commerce. I was. Uh, I was, as very, I was a business leader of the year. What did that mean to you? Did you 
know that it was coming? Was it a no, surprise? No, it was a surprise. I, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't even know if they were putting our name in, actually. I think one of the banks or somebody that we deal with obviously put us up there or put myself up there. Yeah, it was, it was a real honor to get that, obviously. And funny part is in 2013, I'm probably doing more today than I did back in 2013. Uh, we've added <clears throat> probably 10 stores in the last three or four years. So um, we, we just keep on adding. We bought three stores in Bridge George in November. Um, you know, we're, we bought a, a chain out of, uh, out of uh, uh, Vancouver Island that have been there for 35 years, Mad Mad McKay's, and we've got five locations on the island now. And, uh, so you're just getting built started. Built the new Subway, built the new Starbucks, uh, new cannabis store for one of our retailers. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I literally don't look at slowing down. I mean, I, I don't have time to slow down. Huh. So that, that will lead me to my last, last question, I think. Uh, and I'm really curious. So you served as a counselor on the city of Kelowna for 21 years. 21 years, and and I don't think. I mean, we started our business in '98, and really, I don't pay a lot of attention to politics or politicking very much because you're busy. You're head down in business. You're trying to do business. Trying you're trying alive. to stay alive. Yeah. So. When I now that I get to actually lift my head up and pay attention to the world, I I look back in the days when Andre Blondley was on council, and and I think I can say just for myself, it was really nice to have that voice of business in one of those seats. Yeah, I think there are people that kind of dabble in it, but obviously yeah. I, I you know me running a company at the time, I don't maybe I don't know. 100 employees, that's 200 thing now, but um, I, I think I had a better, I, I would deal with, my circle of people I dealt with was unique because I would have customers walking in the door giving me their opinion all the time. Where, where sometimes you get caught in whether you're parts of the arts community or the sports sure. community or where I, I, I got a huge cross section for people all the time, trust me, they, they like to give your, their, your advice to you. So, but I enjoyed that because that was what I think, I, I never looked at myself, yeah, I, I obviously was a business person, but I almost own sports. I'm yeah. also born and raised. I also want to see this community grow and be yeah. good and be exciting. So I think I brought a great, a great cross-section. It was never, I mean, I got kind of pigeonholed as this, you know, fairly right-wing conservative, which by the way, I'm kind of more center than anybody else thinks I am. Um, I but I, it, but I, it's funny, but I, I kind of got pigeonholed that thing. And, you know, absolutely. I, I think there is a bit of a lack of fighting for business. I see even with the province. I mean, what a horrible time to raise minimum wage and to add a, a payroll tax through it. You know, we got pandemics oh. going on. and. Nobody seems to understand those things and what they, how they affect small business particularly, and I and I think uh, in municipal government the same way. I mean, I, you know, I, I you know, sign bylaws. I, I'll, I'll, I hope Ryan Smith sees this because I've been bugging him for for years since I've been gone. And and you know, we got to work for a business friendly community for our our businesses because really it's hard important. out there for business. Yeah. And and I mean, uh, like one day I'd love to come back and talk to you about my philosophy on taxation because. You know, we pay, when, when we've got a building here, we pay bricks and mortar taxes yeah. that we pay for parks and roads and sewer systems and things that businesses may not even use. Yeah. But we pay that. Yeah. When Amazon drops a TV into Kelowna, what do they pay? Zero. And all I say is there should be a tax on, on things that are dropped into communities to offset the difference that we pay as individual bricks and mortars places. We pay for the community. We pay for a park that I, I may not even go see. But you, you guys, and I don't know if Andres does, but you, you support sports teams and local organizations and, and um, uh, community food bank and things like We've that. We've had like Andres the, give 
big Audrey's gift program. Or we we've had this for years where we 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 support basically uh, active kids. We don't care whether it's arts or yep. sports, but it's got to be like active it. kids. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we we give to all of our communities, not just Kelowna, but obviously every community that we do business in. We have a program in place that we contribute. You know, the local soccer team or art group or band or school or whatever, but it's got to be active kids. That's our thing. So we've been doing that for probably at least 10 years. Mm. But we've been donating long before that, but we actually put together an act, a program, a program that yep. says, this is what we want to focus on. Yep. And every community, every one of my managers gets a budget because, you know, it's not fair that we just do it in Kelowna. I'm in 100 Mile and Quesnel and, you know, Terrace yeah. and all these communities that we want to give back to as well. Yeah. So we've yep. really done a, a really targeted program and that stuff. And you know, some days you'd like to run an ad that says, here's all the communities we, you know, we support them, but then it becomes a bit self-serving. So we, we don't do that. But yeah, we, we give to several different groups uh, all across the province. But that would be a really good thing to be aware of when you're making a decision of what you're going to purchase. Yeah, and I think uh, that's part of it. But I also think about, you know, support your neighbor. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I say this, I wrote a little piece when, I, when we opened our mall in Cornell. And I said, you know, if... If commercial buildings don't stay full and, and stay busy because businesses can't survive, think of it on a on a just a simple greed personal thing. If commercial taxes drop, that means your taxes go up. Absolutely. And in most Simple. cases, it's depending on the city, but it's between two and three times a residential tax value. So, for example, you got a million dollar building and a million dollar house. The million dollar building pays two to three times more tax. Yes, it does. So you know we're we're helping keep residential taxes down by having new construction and buildings here and retailers stay in business and we create jobs in that community. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's multitasking that, you know, yes, we give back, but yes, we help your taxes and we help the community survive and grow mm -hmm. in all communities. Will we ever get to see you on a ballot? Yeah, possibly. I, I, I'm not putting it out. I mean, I don't love the four-year term. I'll be honest with you. I wish they had stayed a three-year term. It's, just a, it's a long commitment, I think, it's for most people. Um, when I first started, were two-year terms. Uh, so really? I went through like seven elections or whatever, but huh. um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they went to three, and now they've gone to four. Uh, I think that's a deterrent for most people. I, I think, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I want to see Kelowna continue to be the mm -hmm. vibrant community that I think it, it is, and you know, obviously we've got issues, so but every exciting. council has issue, and I, yeah. I you know, I generally think that this council, in in probably ninety eight percent, it's easy to criticize council, but oh. it, it's it's one of those things that you know I think they've done you know quite a good job. I mean, obviously I. I, I opposed them a bit on some homeless or addiction issues that, that I think not just the city has to deal with, but the province needs to step up and do different things. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, I know that, that being a, uh, a, a white male these days and going into politics is probably not what most people want, but I, I wish the province would really step up and, and really step up and do some of these things to fix our addiction issues. Because we end up, you know, I just explained to you earlier that my Duncan store, I had to close it because we got broken to eight times in six months and six times in three months. It was all the, you know, the mentally ill, drug addicted people. It's not like the big criminals coming wipe me out. It's, mm -hmm. it's the constant break-ins. And I think I've been broken into or had our own van stolen this year alone probably a dozen times in different markets. And uh, that so, costs your deduction on your insurance? You, well, we don't, you don't even don't claim, we don't even claim most time. No. I mean, you know, they, on Springfield Road, they come and cut the catalytic converter on the truck. So it's like gone. Like, so all these businesses have to deal with these issues. And I, and I know you guys were downtown on Leon and it just gets to a point where you have to move. And I had to make a decision. I had to phone the mayor of, of Duncan and say, sorry, I, I can't do business in your town. Hmm. And, I, and I think we, we've got to obviously deal with the mentally ill issue. And that's a provincial issue. And it gets kind of, 
I, downloaded I was, onto. Yeah, I was saying I drove back from Vancouver last night. I went through Hastings and had been there for probably three or four years. There's a thousand people on the street. It's not like oh a few gosh. hundred anymore. It, it's so. I mean, it, just giving them drugs or giving them a place to stay. We got to start helping these people. Treatment, treatment programs, treatment. mentally ill programs, yeah. uh, abuse, drug abuse programs, yeah. and and get these people to be healthy and and to be able to you know really help our overall society. And I don't think we're doing a very good job of that. So now that we really sold how easy it is to be an entrepreneur and and how much fun it is and how we think everybody should do it. What advice would you have for someone starting out in business right now? There's no quick fix. Yeah. Don't don't expect instant success. Yeah. It's one of those things that it has to be nose to the grindstone and you have your vision, but if you expect it to, to do well right away, you could get lucky. But I mean, we had some times where I remember back in the beginning where, you know, the banks call me, say you you get bounced checks, it's overdrawn. Like it, it, it takes time. Yeah. And and I think probably the 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 uh, the younger generation wants it, their phone when they when they text somebody they get instant success and they want instant success on everything and I think Instagram likes Instagram likes right away and I, I guess for me it's about you know it, it takes time and it's work and and I mean the one thing that I've always you know tried to teach my kids is you know you have to work hard to get anywhere because you know you can't do this part way no. you either got to be in business and you got to be all in and that means you know what sometimes answering the phone at eight o'clock on a Sunday night or whatever it takes it's you know, the, put yourself away from the hourly thing. It's yeah. even today. I mean, I've been doing this for a lot of years. I'm answering calls all weekend, every day, on what's going on with my company because you can't not. Mm -hmm. So I, to me, it's it's understand that it's part of your lifestyle. Some people aren't good with that. Yeah. Some people that that probably should go work for people because they really want to close that phone up at five o'clock and say, I'm done. Yeah. And you know, and I respect that. Absolutely. But that can't be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I think you know if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's 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 all in. Excited for the future for the city of Kelowna. Absolutely, I think Kelowna is uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and I think we can even make it. And I'm excited with the development going on, and so you know, I, I you know I'm disappointed with obviously COVID. I mean, I was, I'm on the airport committee still, and mm -hmm. you know, I hear it's taking mm -hmm. you know it's going to take two or three years to get back yeah. to where we were in 2019, and yeah. um, I feel sad about that. I think I mean the airport's a massive driver to our economics. It's huge. And, uh, but I, I'm excited. I mean, the university has been a great, obviously, thing. And there's so many things when I look back at the, you know, the 21 years I was there that today you're seeing, you're reaping the benefits for. Yeah. You're seeing the things that, you know, the, the trail that we bought from to Vernon, the, the railway, and all those things are, are really cool things about why people live here. Yeah. And I think things like the COVID thing actually are making people in Vancouver go, not picking on Vancouver, big cities in general are going, wow, might wanna, I might want to get out of there. Because yeah. I, I don't want to be caught in a 800 square foot condo and not being able to leave. I mean, my son working downtown Vancouver, he said it was like it was like somebody left out of a bomb. There was nobody around. Like it was literally shut down where you couldn't even get out. I mean, and here we are. I mean, I at the time I'm I'm in Langford building a new store to two weeks during the beginning of COVID. So I mean, I had yeah. literally couldn't stop. So yeah, um, it's interesting how each community's dealt with it. But I think it's uh, Kelowna's got a great future, and I I think always will have. It's still one of the nicest places in the world to live. I agree. Andre, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I you. really enjoyed having you in here, and I get to have you in again if I, you will. I'd love to. You bet. Thanks. Thank you.